Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. While we were worshipping, the Spirit of God stirred my heart and this is the word he spoke. He said, there is increase, there is promotion and there are open doors for people in this place and this church. I saw just, I saw doors swing open. I saw the words promotion and increase over quite a number of people in this place. And you need to look up, even though there might be some challenges and uh, contention and opposition, the Spirit of God says, I'm opening or I have already opened. Ask the Lord for the right open door. Don't just run through anyone. He will give you wisdom for work, for relationships, for favor, for increase, for breakthrough. Lord, I declare that in the name of Jesus over people today. If that's for you, reach up and take it right now. Maybe already God's begin to open the door and you can see it happening. Father, I believe for that in the name of Jesus. I lift off restriction and I thank you for open doors. Thank you for favor. Thank you for promotion. Thank you for increase. Lord, we believe for that in ministry. Lord, we believe that in uh, workplaces. We believe it in relationships. Lord, we release your open heaven right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for that in your mighty name. Lord, I thank you that you are the one who opens doors that no man can close. Lord, you're the one who prepare us for the next season of increase. And I thank you for it for our church and for our people and our ministries in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I want to thank you also for praying on Tuesday for our nation. There were thousands of churches joined together. And I believe the last two days in the newspapers, you've seen some of the answer to your prayers. Because now the national leaders are talking about the issue <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> with religious freedom. Excuse me. The issue of religious freedom, parental rights, and all those other issues that are involved <coughs> in this postal um, vote on same-sex marriage. Those issues have refused to be addressed, but because I believe the people of God prayed, now the real issues are coming to the surface. Okay, that's what prayer does. God comes and hears the cry of the people and says we need truth so people can make a decision based on truth, not just what they hear and part of the story. And I think we need to keep praying that the, our people of our nation will hear the real issues that they are voting on and that we need to be aware that there is, if the yes vote goes through, there is significant concerns for religious freedom, for churches, for Christian schools and organizations of who they can employ and not employ. And all of that is part of this issue. And yet a lot of people have tried to ignore that and say it's not. But it definitely is. And many non-Christian lawyers are now speaking up and saying this is the significant issue that has to be addressed. And so we need to pray again just for God to continue to work. As many are getting their votes, you need to vote with wisdom, with understanding. And let's stand for God's plan and purpose. Father, we just pray right now. Lord, we lift up your name. Lord, we know, we know that you are greater. Lord, you're the Lord of our nation. And we just declare your name, Father. I pray you'd continue to touch our leaders. Lord, that you would raise up prophetic voices in the media. Lord, in the churches, in the business world. Lord, you would raise up prophetic voices that would speak the truth. Whether they know you or not, you will raise up modern day Cyruses that will address the real issues. And Lord, we declare your name over our nation. Lord, we declare your peace over people's hearts. Lord, we declare your breakthroughs in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, that you are greater. 
and no weapon formed us will succeed, and no fear will destroy your people. And I pray for healing over our land, over many families that have been torn and separated, over these issues. I just pray for your grace over this whole nation in the name of Jesus. Everyone said? Amen. Let's take our seats. God is so good. So good. Wow. We've been doing a series on the fruit of the Spirit, as Mary Lynn shared, and the gifts of the Spirit. She did really well at the airport. It was a, a crazy, crazy time. <laughs> Last 24 hours trying to get out of Melbourne. But uh, God's with us regardless. And we did a, a series on the fruit of the Spirit because fruit grow if you keep making sure you're planted in God's Word and ways. And then the gifts of the Spirit. We've been doing a series on the gifts that God gives us. And we've uh, been working our way through in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 to 11. It says, Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So gifts are given. You can't earn a gift. It is given. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. We look at the kids in the house, say, who loves getting gifts? Birthday presents, Christmas presents, presents just because you've been doing all those extra jobs around the house or being nice to mum and dad. Maybe a reward or an award at school because you've uh, achieved something. Yeah, I think everyone. How about all the big kids who loves presents? Yeah, we all love gifts. And God has chosen by His Spirit to give us all these amazing gifts. He's given us the gift of grace, the gift of salvation. He's given us the gift of forgiveness, the gift of hope. He's given us the gift of freedom. Thank God you can put your head on the pillow at night with a freedom in your mind and heart. You might have wrestled through some stuff and be wrestling through some stuff, but you can come to that place of peace. How awesome is that to sleep? Well, it's terrible when you're all upset and hassled about stuff, but you can put your head down and sleep however many hours you like to do, whether it's five or ten or three or seven. We all sleep different amounts. But God has given us all these gifts, and then it says He's given some special gifts of the Holy Spirit. And there are nine of them that are listed here, and there's three gifts of revelation the word of wisdom the word of knowledge discerning of spirits and we've talked about those there's three gifts of power the gifts of healing the work of miracles and the gift of faith thank god for the supernatural of god that breaks through and just for interest how many people here either yourself or someone you know in your family or mid friends has had a supernatural gift of healing somewhere in their life just give me a wave if that's happened to you look at that way over 50 percent of people here that you've experienced a supernatural healing of God. I'm not just talking about divine health or blessing because you live a better wholesome lifestyle now, but the supernatural of God comes over our lives. I want to pick up the next one, which is the gift of prophecy. Wow, do we need the prophetic flowing right and powerfully? Because when the prophetic flows, the atmosphere shifts and changes. You notice in a meeting, it might be in a home group or in a family mealtime or in church and you're going through singing your songs or doing your stuff and then all of a sudden something shifts because someone starts to pray prophetically 
Someone starts to speak with prophetic insight. Someone starts to sing a prophetic song or someone's playing an instrument. All of a sudden, the the, the chords change and something shifts across the whole atmosphere because someone has released a prophetic word of hope and faith and breakthrough. The Holy Spirit is our breakthrough. He comes and parents, you can be praying for your kids and all of a sudden you shift a prayer of, Lord, help us to, Lord, I believe for a breakthrough and I see my child overcoming this hurdle in their life. You start to prophesy over your kids. You don't just pray out of need, you start to speak words of life. And I think it's powerful when we do that. And in church, in our workplace, you can prophesy without them ever knowing that you're prophesying. You just start to speak hope. You speak a word of insight. You say, wow, things are tougher in here, but I believe that we're going to see a breakthrough. And it's it's more than just positive thinking. It's God's put something in your heart. You know that there's a release and something's going to shift in that school or that environment that we're in. That's being prophetic. So prophesying is not someone just up here speaking or singing a prophetic word. That is how we most often see it expressed in church life. And that's an important way where you gain confidence to step out that you're hearing from God and passing it on. But it can be in all sorts of ways. And God wants us as Christians today more than ever in our crazy, confused world we live in right now. He needs the church of Jesus Christ to be prophetic. Not just prophesying, but being prophetic because we show a preferred different lifestyle to the fear, confusion, uncertainty, strife that is all around us in our nation right now. But you can come with a peace, with a hope, with a thing, wow, the truth says. And so we can come with a different mindset. That's living a prophetic lifestyle, not just prophesying. And that's what you say, well, I'm not really, I don't really see stuff and I don't know how to pray prophetically. Hey, just live a prophetic lifestyle because you live the way Jesus did and it shifts the atmosphere around you. Everyone else is saying, oh, I don't think we can ever overcome this. And you say, well, the other night I was praying and I believe God gave me a word and I believe we can. And every time you speak it, you release faith because prophecy releases faith and hope. Let's have a, just explore this a little bit more today because it's so so important and sometimes prophecy and prophets are given a bad name because you get a few weird and wacky ones that come through and some of you have suffered at the hands of someone's prophesied something over you or over our nation and it hasn't happened actually the opposite happened and you can lose confidence but God wants us to be confident in the power of his true gifts and occasionally you see counterfeit prophetic stuff and that's what you see often with uh, fortune tellers and all that because they're tapping into the wrong spirit of darkness and because it's a counterfeit of the true spirit of God that lives within us. And don't be afraid of it. And so we have the, uh, the gift of speech or utterance, which prophecy, message in tongues, interpretation of tongues. What is the word of prophecy for? 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3 clearly tells us. It says, But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging and comfort that's your clear test of whether someone says hey i believe god's given me a word for you or someone prays for you and 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 you just know it's right it's got to pass those three one or more of those tests because you need to know this is from god because not everyone who speaks and says they got a word from god is accurate or have pure motives we've all been on the other side of that 
But God wants to help us. So what are the three key things? Number one is to edify or strengthen. So if you're taking notes, all the transformation guys have to take notes because they discuss this tomorrow night. Everyone in the church needs to take note of this. The three key things for properties. Number one, to edify or strengthen. Does it edify or strengthen? It builds up. It gives a pattern on which to rebuild, a key to change a habit, an example to follow. It builds up. It does not pull down. I've been greatly inspired and strengthened through various prophecies in my life. Some were for the immediate situation. Other prophetic words have stayed with me for many, many years. I remember I was 19, an assistant youth leader, and we were at an Easter convention, and Pastor Brian Houston's dad, he called me out of the crowd and started to prophesy. He says, I see this young man, he's going to be a strong oak tree that many will come and be refreshed and rest under. And he went on and started prophesying. And it was like an arrow to my soul... And it set me on a path of leadership and ministry where I was already being drawn to follow God, but it was like, and it went in and grabbed me and drew me towards that so clearly and powerfully. There were several others like that in my life over the years. And some of them are just short-term encouragement. You'll be in a home group and someone prays and there's, I see a picture of this and, and they give it to you and that just gives you hope for the next week. That's okay. It might be just for the day or for the week. Every now and then God will give you something that will arrest your attention and grab your heart and keep you running after a purpose and a destiny that even everything else might say that could never happen. But God's given you the word and you know that you know that you know that you know. That's what a prophetic word can do. It will build you up. It will strengthen you. It will give you confidence in the face of opposition or pressure because the enemy will try and rob those words from you And get you to doubt that they're true. But if you know they're true, it's life. Secondly, it exhorts or encourages. So number one, a prophetic word must edify or strengthen. It must exhort or encourage. It means to call to one side to give aid or help. It's a similar word used for the Holy Spirit. In uh, the Bible calls him our paraclete, which is our helper, our rescuer, our support. It urges us to pursue a good pathway of hope and truth for the future, despite what has happened in your past. Wow, wow, wow. Often people say, well, that's just the way it is. That's the way my family is. That's just the way it's been. And that's just the way my education's been. So therefore, I'm stuck there. The prophetic word says, I've created you. I know all about your brain and your capacity. I know what I can do and I take you out of a a difficult situation, turn you into something that is awesome and blessing to many people. Well, you've had a good upbringing. You can still settle for lower limitations than what God has called you to be and to do. Prophecy changes the atmosphere and causes us to look up. When a prophetic word comes, your heart just starts to look up. Sometimes when we're worshipping here and someone starts to sing a song or you just feel this shift in the atmosphere, your heart just gets lifted up. You start to look up to heaven and think, wow, God, you're our provider. Things are tough financially, but God, I know you're going to make a way. And, and there's some health challenge, but God, I know you're my healer. Your heart gets lifted up when the prophetic word starts to flow over your life. You can have a child that's discouraged and overwhelmed with school or bullying or whatever. And you think, how are we going to sort this out? You need to do the practical, but let me tell you, when you pray for them and then you start to speak a word, God, you're going to give them strength and wisdom how to handle this. And you start to speak a word of breakthrough over their life. I remember one preacher we had years ago came to our church, and every, each, every young man, anyone who was probably 
from 12 up to 30 or 40, he'd just slap him on the back and say, you're a champion for God. You go for it. Don't settle for less. And I remember he used to walk around just hitting people on the back and stirring the guys up and say, you're a champion. And you'd see some of these guys would look up and think, who, me? And he went everywhere he did. He says, you're a champion. You're a champion. He was a man of God and he raised up hundreds of leaders under him because he had this prophetic word. And that was Pastor Phil Pringle from uh, Christian City Church. He just had this faith. He says, you're a champion. He just kept prophesying over people that you're going to be a champion. No matter where you've come from, you can be a champion. That was a prophetic word of hope that he spoke into every young person that he came across. You're going to be a champion for God. And it changes the way we speak over our lives. It cuts through the situation, brings truth, faith, and hope spoken in a spirit of love into people's life. The third thing it does is it comforts. Wow, thank God for the comfort of the Holy Spirit. We all have moments, whether we're stranded in an airport or we're going through the grief and pain of loss or we have financial reversal or relationships are in turmoil. We all need comfort. And it speaks closer to someone with a great degree of tenderness in order to comfort them, support them, and set them free from past grief, hurts, sins, and strongholds. Wow, how awesome it is. Sometimes someone will start to speak a word and it will just come beside and just bring comfort and lift you out of the place of discouragement or being overwhelmed or how we're going to get through this. And prophetically, that's why today there are a lot of people in our community searching for answers. We need to be able to speak hope, speak life, regardless of how this all goes in the next few months. Our God's greater, and He's going to turn this for good. And uh, we do need to realize that there is increasing persecution against Christians in our nation. And you go to China and you pray for them, and... uh, you pray for persecution to decrease. I said, no, 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 no. We're praying for persecution for you in the West because that's the only thing that's going to sort you guys out. So I think, okay, Lord, because sometimes we forget. I've been to Vietnam. I've been to countries in India where pastors have spent 20 years in jail. And then I'm there praying and speaking, and the pastor says, pray over them and prophesy over them. I'm thinking, they've spent 20 years in jail for Jesus. Their stories are the book of Acts. I don't want to be praying and prophesying. He says, no, 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 you've come from the other side of the world. They want you, they want to hear a word from your heart. I mean, I'm humbled. I'm weeping in the presence of God as I'm trying to pray and prophesy them because they walk in a realm of faith that I haven't even thought about. But God will take us where we are and just flow through us for his kingdom. And, uh, and I will do some teaching in the coming weeks on how do we handle pressure and persecution? What do we do when suffering comes, when everyone at the workplace finds that you're a Christian and gives you a really tough time? How do we handle it when family members come against us? Because there is a rising tide of challenge and persecution. Light and darkness is going to become more and more defined in our nation, and we've got to learn how to handle it because we've had it so comfortable for so long. And we're going to look at the Word in the coming weeks and talk about that. How do we prepare ourselves not to be overwhelmed and afraid, but full of faith, and to see how God can take us through for His glory. So prophecy lifts up, it comforts. It's, it does, it's not to speak judgment and fear, even though God will occasionally pronounce a warning through a prophet. Not everyone who prophesies is a prophet. A prophet will have a much greater degree of declaration or foretelling something about the future. The Bible says every believer can prophesy, but clearly not every believer is a prophet. 
And we need to understand that there is an office of a prophet that God raised up a few people to be able to speak and declare and even bring warning or adjustment to the body of Christ. But that's not every believer in that um, ministry role. It requires faith to hear from God and to speak out a message of information or revelation from the Spirit of God. I remember when I was first saved, God used to start to speak to my heart and I think, is that me or is that the enemy? And so I'd be just wrestling with it and I'd be in a meeting and God would give me a scripture or word and I think, should I speak that out? And then someone would get up and speak exactly the three verses I had in my heart. Or the preacher would preach the whole message and I'd prophetically got it while I'm sitting in the seat worshipping. I'm thinking, wow, God, that is you. But I was so slow and I didn't want to make a mistake. It took me 12 months. I'm wrestling through this because I used to reason it all out and try and understand it all until God progressively got through to me and said, hey, just be available. I am teaching you and speaking to you. The same Holy Spirit speaks to the pastor, to the people, to the congregation, to kids. Sometimes children will speak the word of the Lord and unravel us adults really fast. Sometimes they just, they just have a way of getting to our hearts because they can hear sometimes more clearly. God wants us. It takes faith. It must be spoken in love to the personal group of people. One Bible, Bible commentator said that prophecy is the nature of Jesus being revealed. Isn't that beautiful? Because the Holy Spirit always points to Jesus. And so, and when God speaks to your heart, you've got to ask, is that for me or for someone else? And a lot of times it's just for your encouragement. Occasionally the message will get stronger and God will show you what that looks like to express that to others. Prophecy involves revelation. Revelation 19.10 says, For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. His life and teaching are the heart of prophecy. So when there is a prophetic word, it often brings a stirring. When there's a testimony, it releases faith that if God can do it for you, He can do it for me. He can do it for my family. Prophecy involves revelation. 1 Corinthians 14, 26 and 30, the Apostle Paul uses the word prophecy and revelation almost interchangeably. What were the Old Testament prophets called they were called seers for some of them know their bible they were called seers they could see into the future they could see what was happening elijah could see over the horizon and hear what the the enemy king was telling his soldiers wow that's seeing god says you learn to see open my eyes lord the kids used to sing that song open my eyes lord help me to see jesus to reach out and touch you and say that i love you open my ears lord and cause me to listen Open my eyes, Lord, I want to see Jesus. That's a great prayer to pray for every believer. Open my eyes spiritually and open my ears spiritually so I can see and hear what you're saying today. Not just what's being said on Facebook, not just what's been said on the media, not just what's been said in your lunchroom, but open my eyes to see and my ears to hear what you are saying today through the Word and by His Spirit. Prophecy can also include instruction. 1 Corinthians 14.31 says, For you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. So there is instruction. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will flow through you, and if you listen, that's why I always say when we have an altar call, or when there's a prophetic word or a prayer of faith for a breakthrough has been said for someone, don't the rest of the congregation just be spectators, just be open and listening, because I often hear what God's saying to that person, think, well, that's for me too. That's exactly where I am. So I always say, be participators and grab the overflow. Whatever's for you, it'll touch your heart. There'll be times you're just praying and saying, God, that's not my situation, but I'm believing for breakthrough for that family. Other times you'll get the overflow and be touched by it. 
And I shared the story a couple of months ago of this couple I had a word of knowledge for, and I prayed for them for healing for their arthritis condition. One of the ladies sitting three seats away, four weeks later came and said, you know that old couple you prayed for? I said, yep. They got touched and, and they didn't get totally healed, but they certainly got some relief. She said, I was sitting three seats away and the next morning I woke up totally free of pain from arthritis pain for the first time for seven years. And it's four weeks later, I've waited for four weeks to make sure it just wasn't a temporary thing and I'd eaten better food or been sleeping better or whatever. She said, I've had no pain since. And I thought, wow, you caught the overflow of that. How often do we miss the overflow? Because God just wants to bless all of our lives. And so prophecy is like that. It can, it, it can be for someone specifically, but it can be for a whole group or it can really touch our hearts. Um, prophecy can include direction. Acts 13, 2, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. 1 Timothy 4.14 says, Do not neglect your gift which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Wow, when parents lay hands on their children, something powerful is released. When leaders in a church or in a life group or a ministry, when they pray blessing and release over someone, there is something powerful imparted to your life and you've got to embrace that and run with it. Don't ever underestimate the power of that in our hearts and our lives. Prophecy can involve prediction of the future. Many are interested in end-time prophecies and what has happened so rapidly in the world today. And that's so true. People say, well, what's going to happen? What's, who's the Antichrist? What's going to happen? I don't have all those answers. I don't preach on end-time events a lot because things, there's so many theories and so many things keep changing so rapidly. And when we get to heaven, we'll understand how it all worked out. But I do preach that Jesus is coming again. It's very clear we're coming to the end of the uh, age. He says there'll be a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the last days. And it says in the last days, there'll also be a lot of brokenness. People will be without love, without God, and focused on selfish pursuits. So we see darkness and light both increasing rapidly in the last days. And that is what will happen. And Jesus will come back and stand on the Mount of Olives and sort out the world. And he will come back like he prophesied in Matthew 24. But don't be afraid and don't be deceived, he said to the people. So don't be caught up and chasing after things that aren't the whole story. What do you do with a prophetic message? Just a couple of thoughts to wrap it up today. If, if you hear one given in church or to you personally, receive it by faith. 1 Thessalonians 5.20, do not despise prophecy or read prophecy, treat prophecies with contempt. Don't say, oh, I've heard that before. God will sometimes repeat a message in different ways through different people so that we don't miss or misunderstand the message. Number two, discern or judge if it is from God. 1 Thessalonians 5.21, but test all things carefully so you can recognize what is good. Hold firmly to that which is good. And 1 Corinthians 14.29, two or three pro prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. Not everyone who says they're speaking God's word are from God or have pure motives. Check it out. Does it agree with Scripture? The same Holy Spirit inspired the writers of the Bible as well as those who prophesy in the name of the Lord. Number two, does it bear witness with our spirit? Is there peace or excitement? Number three, does it bring strength and encouragement and comfort as I shared earlier? Number four, is it in line with and does it confirm what's already happening? And number five, final test, does it actually come to pass? Thank God we don't live in the Old Testament days. If you, had a, if you were a prophet and you got it wrong, they stoned you to death. 
Thank God we live under the new covenant where we prophesy and don't pretend to be prophets, but let's make sure we walk with wisdom and grace. Remember also that understanding and obedience is required with any conditions that are a part of a prophecy. Often the Lord would say, if you stay close to my heart and stay humble, this will happen. And when it doesn't happen, we forget the two conditions that the Holy Spirit was reminding us of. And if we walk close to his heart, you will see amazing things happen in our lives. And uh, stay focused on the word and let him flow through you. And make sure your life is as clean as possible because it's no good to have a message from God and your life message will tarnish the actually prophetic word. That doesn't help at all. And lastly, remember that we're a family, we're a team. Many prophecies will only be fulfilled when we love each other and you are vitally connected to a local church under spiritual authority and accountability. Some with a prophetic gift can become independent and think that they are more spiritual than others. You ever met one of those sort of people? They become frustrating. Maybe you were one when you were a new Christian and zealous and thought you had direct line to heaven and no one else was hearing from God. The Lord has ways of just balancing that out and maturing us. (laughs) Don't lose your passion, but just grow with wisdom. Some prophetic people can be even hard or harsh. God teaches to flow with love and grace. And all parts of the body are important. And pray and believe that God will do it. And one last scripture, I love this one, as the worship team comes. 1 Timothy 1, 18 says, Finally, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them you may fight the battle well, holding on to faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. Wow, the, the, Paul's writing to Timothy and says, hey, some of those prophetic words you've had, some of those scriptures and promises, he says you can actually fight a spiritual battle with those. It's like you can have the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and if you've got prophetic words and then everything's turning against you and, and you're thinking, well, I don't know how we're going to make this, I don't know how we're going to break through, I don't know how we're going to see the breakthrough in our family or household or how we're going to see what God's promised for our church fully realized and fulfilled. We've got to fight a battle with those words in your heart. So whenever the negatives come and say, we can't do it, you can't afford it, we, you're not bright enough, you say, hey, but God's spoken to me through the scriptures and through the prophecy, and I'm going to pray over them, I'm going to declare them, I'm going to speak them, I'm going to, I'm going to wage a war against fear and doubt and unbelief that will try and rob. The enemy will come and say, you can't get free of that addiction or stronghold. You can't break that cycle of rejection that's been over your life. But you get the word of God, and God's spoken to you says, you're going to be free. You're going to be free. So you start to war a warfare and say, in Jesus' name, you've said, I will be free. And by your grace, I'm going to take a hold of it. So you get that sword and you start believing that your kids can become overcomers in Jesus' name. Your health can be restored. Our church can arise. This community can be turned around and blessing and life can overflow. And our nation can be the light that it was called to be. That's what we prophesy and declare. And God's calling us to do it. Let's stand in His presence today. And today I want to stir your heart and you need to pray and prophesy over your life, over our nation. Not weird and wacky stuff, but promises, scriptures, prophetic visions or words that God's given you or you've heard in church. Say, wow, I believe for that. 
I'm going to take that. I'm not going to let it go. I'm going to fight a good warfare with that Word of God because the Word of the Lord is powerful. It's creative. It can turn things around. It will shift the atmosphere over your place or your ministry or your life in Jesus' name. Oh, God. I want you to close your eyes right now and I want you just to think for a moment. What words has God given you? What words do you need to maybe adjust and speak over your household, your family, your life, your health, over our nation? I know many have been praying and fasting and believing and we're going to keep declaring this is the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. We're going to keep declaring that there, are, there is going to be millions that are going to come to the kingdom of God and compromise and dead religion and all of that brokenness, all that confusion over sexual identity. All of that brokenness of pain over divorce and torn families. That we're going to declare that Jesus is the healer because He's come to set the captives free. He has come to heal the brokenhearted. He has come to bring life and freedom to those that are in strongholds and darkness. He's come to be the light of the world. I want you for a moment just to let the Holy Spirit remind you of a scripture or promise or prophecies. And start declaring them over your life or your friends, over your ministry, over this church, over our nation. Let's for a moment, I want you, because you can do it. I can do it from the front and stir you up, but it's when you do it is when it has great breakthrough over your life. Maybe that financial reversal, saying, God, I believe, I believe, I believe. Lord, I declare your word, your promise. I take it and I believe it over our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I declare it. That's right. Just speak it up for a moment. Come on, declare it. Husbands, speak it over your families. Men and women, young people, declare it over your future. God's given you dreams of what you could be in your profession, in your ministry. God's given that. He's given you a dream of having a godly husband or wife and family. He's given you a dream of what you could do and how you could see the atmosphere change. And lost people given hope through Jesus Christ. Oh, God, I release that prophetic word today. I release faith right now over your people. I declare that in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, God, we release your pro prophetic word of breakthrough right now. God, your kingdom life, your health over your people in Jesus' name. Lord, those lies that they cannot be free from addictions and strongholds, I break that in Jesus' name. And I pray for peace and hope over every child, every young person every older person, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I declare the prophecy you've spoken over our church. Lord, there will be a place of healing, of breakthrough, of restoration. Lord, that we would have a much larger building so that we can have hundreds, even thousands of people, Lord, being equipped and meeting you and your presence changing their lives. Lord, we declare your financial provision. Lord, we declare thousands of people coming into your kingdom. Lord, people being healed and set free from every form of darkness and limitation. We declare it in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we release your blessing, your favor. Lord, your household salvation. We release it in the name of Jesus Christ. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.